0: Welcome to the Human Conversation Podcast with Jules White, the real Dragon Slayer, author and entrepreneur's sales coach. Tune in weekly for Human Conversation about business and sales. Enjoy business expert interviews, educational episodes, and virtual cuppers with entrepreneur business owners. So grab yourself a cuppa and enjoy.
1: Here is your host, Jules White. So welcome, everybody, to The Human Conversation. And I have another guest from across the water. So I have a fabulous guy called Dominic D'Souza with me. I am told reliably that I've said that correctly. And he is based in Virginia. So welcome, Dominic, to my podcast.
0: Thanks so much for having me. It's, It's a real pleasure to be here.
1: It's so nice to see you. We have, again, connected via LinkedIn. So I've got a few of my guests lately that that are coming on who I've met on LinkedIn and it's so nice when you finally get to see them in this kind of 4D human way across video it's it's such a great way to connect so I'm really pleased to finally see your face and your smile and know that you're real so that's very very cool so I want obviously the listeners to find out a bit more about you first so just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do.
0: Thank you. Um, First of all, allow me to just be a total uh, whatever and say that I loved your book, and I'm a bit starstruck to be talking with with an author right now. So and you're a TEDx speaker too, right?
1: I'm, I am. I'm, yeah, Dominic, we're we're I waiting am. we're waiting for the video. It's driving me nuts because it's taking so long to come out. But yeah, as soon as I've got it, I'll make sure I share it. So thank you so much. I'm glad Absolutely. you like my book. Too.
0: No, I, I sure did. So if 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 your listeners haven't read it, they sh- they should because it really helped me through a little hurdle I was trying to get over. When it does come to sales. Anyhow, so um, uh, your question was about my background, how I got into-
1: Yeah, who are you and, and what do you do? Yeah, <laughs> okay. where did you come from?
0: <laughs> well, it, it's, I think I'm fortunate to have one of those kind of crazy you know, globe-trotting origins that is kind of in, indispensable from the whole thing. So uh, I'll start with um, my, my dad's experience. You know, He grew up in a tiny little, my understanding anyway, tiny little village in Brazil. And then he is he met my mom she was uh, uh an American from uh, California they married moved to New Zealand and uh, he ran a motivational you know speaking education business uh, out of his basement and uh we then moved to Australia and then to France had a stopover in Fiji and then ultimately ended up in the states so a lot of traveling uh a lot of exposure to new cultures new ideas new places so for me I have a it's probably sort of grown out of all that, is a constant love and hunger to discover things, right? Oh. Uh, to to learn about new people, learn about just just learning. I absolutely love love that kind of thing. Uh, so then growing up, uh, because we moved a bunch, we ended up just somehow being kind of isolated from actually being able to connect with communities and so on. And I think I ended up turning into a bookworm. My other siblings went and did all kinds of other things, but uh, I became an absolute book hoarder. And Loved the the storytelling and loving uh, art and design and, uh, you know, making my own superheroes and crafting comics and so on. Um, so by the time I was in high school, I was convinced that's it. I'm going to be a novelist for the rest of my life. This is where my passion is. I love telling stories. It's just this is the bee's knees. And then my mom was like, no, you you need to get a job, be a plumber, something to pay the bills. And it's like, no, mom, that's that's not how life is. You know, I'm 18. I know what's up. And my dad needed help with the business. He just couldn't do it anymore. It had grown and so on. He was trying to expand. I mean, in a way, start from scratch and a new continent. Um, and he needed someone to help with, you know, the database and emailing and you know, handling stock and client support and so on and just training other volunteers and so on. And so I started from, you know, just learning how to do all of that kind of thing. So we did this for about like seven years and I ended up, you know, learning how to do web design and graphic design and being the entire sort of back of house guy so that he could go up and do the talks and meet the people and so on. And, um, ended up being incredibly fortunate to land a couple of other job opportunities that continued drilling into graphic design and web design and so on. And so to cut to the chase, about two years ago, I joined a small team, uh, a startup that does uh, web design and marketing out of Front Royal, Virginia. Amazing team. They're all college grads. I'm actually the oldest out of all of them. They, they started in college and I've been fortunate to join them. And uh, in, in working with all these small businesses, their home contractors, maybe law offices and so on, I want to be doing more with the, the potential uh, you know the storytelling potential within mm-hmm. these brands these are people who are not only in business just because yes, I have a water bill and a family, but they believe something and yeah. they 've done things that are interesting and they, through their work, are connecting with other people and who have their lives and their dreams that are also interesting and so I was trying to solve, how do you solve this issue of social credibility, uh, social proof? You know? How do you solve your content marketing uh, you know, generation program? How do you get stuff like user-generated content? How do you actually connect with people? How do you do user research to make sure that you're validating your brand? All of that stuff that the big guys are paying millions to do, right? Yeah. The, the small business can do within five minutes over coffee. Mm. And I was trying to figure out, how do you, how do you, so how do you figure that out? Uh, so that was my goal for 2018 was to just start blogging every week, and I did this on LinkedIn to just get my thoughts on paper. How could this be tackled? And that you you know start with your you know, clarifying your brand, and then clarify your your vision, and then identify your storytelling potential stuff like that. The goal is to turn it into into a, a book, but this has now become something that I'm just uh, fascinated in, and because it ties back in everything that makes me just you know jumping out of bed in the morning is there's now discovery and, and interest because there's now stories and storytelling that's now, you know, possible for these small businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the 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 project that I'm now working on with this year is to finalize this book, call it tribe storytelling, because it's a focus on how to get, how to help small businesses solve their credibility, uh, solve their content, Uh, production issues uh, and then and then spellbind their audience by not just creating content that's talking about them and their brand but creating a platform like through their website to be telling the stories of the tribe of the people who are in love with their brand and engaging with them you know
1: this is fantastic stuff isn't it Is't it just wonderful I love it so much and um, I think it's it's so great listening to your stories the fact that it's a very organic story you know your own story is really organic the way you've kind of developed everything you've learned your love of learning and actually how creative you are and now using all of that creativity in what you're doing today that's that's just wonderful isn't it I really excited about everything you're doing it's so cool I think There's a very, very important thing about this human conversation that we're going to have. And that is, you just touched on it for me. It's not just your own story and your own storytelling. It's the storytelling of how that tribe then fall in love with your brand, which Mm -hmm. I think practically the words you just used. Yeah. And how amazing is that? Because now that's like, that's telling another audience how your audience love you.
0: Mm -hmm. This is awesome, isn't it? I mean, that's one of the reasons why I loved your book. That's the best kind of selling. That line from Seth Godin where he's like, um, marketing is not something you do at people. It's something you do with people. And it took me like a month to try to understand because he's coming from a worldview where that makes sense. and I needed to try to get my head into that worldview. And that's where working, you know, consciously with your tribe from the get-go there's a framework in place for how you make this work and you stop trying to go viral you start trying to go go tribal and i like the point that you made about using your brand instead of a platform to broadcast at people which is what we're used to after a century of huge businesses just doing that to us and we you know not having any, any ability to, to do anything about it. We just had to take it on the chin and, and just you know buy whatever soap they, they showed yeah. us. Yeah. But now we have social. Now we have live video. Now everybody has a smartphone and HD video and everybody is a critic in a second for every restaurant and so on. So it is as it always was. You have to deliver a fantastic experience, a fantastic service that's, you, know, you can't put lipstick on a pig. Marketing doesn't save a bad product. Yeah. Um, but uh, this is one of the reasons why I'm shifting from just brand storytelling to, to tribe storytelling. There's a, a company that I've been following this whole last year called uh, brandstorytelling.tv. And it was actually one of their videos that gave me this uh, this hook, this insight into how this could work. Um, but I think the, the, the challenge that is, and I may just be splitting hairs, but the, the possible challenge inherent with brand storytelling is that, it becomes another toolkit, a tool in your, your kit. You're still thinking about your brand and the stories that your brand can tell about the things that you're doing. Now, I'm sure you're doing tons of incredible stuff. That's not, not you know, dissing that. Um, and if you really understand a brand, you recognize that a brand is it has two parts, it has you and then it has all of your audience. But most people, whenever they think of a brand, they just assume it's just what I'm projecting about myself. It's mm-hmm. my promise of an experience around a service and what makes me distinct in my, you know, my market. Uh, so that is all true, but it's only half the picture. Yeah. And that's why, uh, for for people trying to get into brand storytelling, they're like, well, I just need to be telling more stories about me, why I'm cool, what I'm up to, my origin, and so on. So I think if we flip that around, first, yes, have a you know distinct and an interesting origin story that's that's on your about page right, but then half of your blog content should be a, a day in the life of my client yeah. and where it's not about you and your business and it is all about them and what they're up to you're inviting them up into the spotlight with you right and I'm just thinking you know project this ten years down the line right what kind of brand loyalty are you going to create within your your audience where you're not just a commodity where you're from day one, every relationship you're inviting them i'd love to showcase you on my website, or mm-hmm. you have a particularly unique story that that just marries with the 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 visions and the archetype that that my brand stands for. You know come on up here and join me because it's not about me it's about us. Yeah. You know I may have an idea, and I might have been just the first to the table with the world should be this way um but you also believe it too. That's why you hired my services. You didn't just buy my services. You're, you're buying into, into me and what I stand for. So let's all, you know, let's celebrate that together. That's the idea.
1: I love it. And I think it's really interesting what you said about the big brands. And traditionally, you know, over the last hundred years, probably plus where we've almost just been like um, told these are the brands that we need to follow. And, you know, this is Mm -hmm. what we need to buy because it's the best. Mm -hmm. And, and it has very much been around the name of the brand and the way their marketing budget, presumably as well, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, cause if they've got the biggest budget. They're going to be in front of us more. Oh, yeah. I loved where you use the word spellbound. So actually to be spellbound by a product and um, mm-hmm. it feels much more authentic. It feels much more like I'm actually, um, I've made a choice to connect with that product, my own choice and mm-hmm. um, i don't know where this has come from this is just what i'm like dominic my, my human conversation just starts no it's, to it's
0: great that um, spell spellbind was actually the original name for my book yeah. the whole of 2018 is what i wanted to call it before i realized it it needed a shift but that's what you're creating is magic right yeah. you're, you're creating yeah. worlds there's a I, I penned a fun little article about we try so hard to be in control of our brand um but once you realize that you don't own the tribe of people who, who are engaging with you, they're completely free to say and do whatever they want. So you need to recognize then when you're creating a brand and a set of experiences, you're creating a world like Middle Earth, like a Narnia, like um, a Westworld, whatever. And you're inviting people to come on in and experience it. And then hopefully they're enjoying it so much that they're going back out and telling other people. But what they do, you know, how they experience your brand, whether they you know, bounce around from your Instagram to your Facebook to your email, whatever, each of these different touch points are experiences within this world that you're creating. Yeah. So that's why data doesn't drive enchantment, right? Yeah. Data measures enchantment. And your yeah. story is about creating that.
1: Yeah, that's so cool. What a great conversation today. I love this. Because it's just... You know, my whole book, you've read my book, you know, kind of where that came from now because you've read it. And I guess as well, everyone will read my book in a different way. That's an interesting point. Maybe I'm going off on a tangent here, but different things will be very poignant to different people. Mm -hmm. And I believe it's the same with brands. Different people will connect with your brand in different ways because we're all so unique. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody will take something from me in a different way to another person because they need it more at that particular time. And so all of these elements for me mean that the only way to go out as my brand is as absolutely true me, not pretending to be anything else, just mm-hmm. telling them why I think about this particular thing. Yeah. Then they'll take what they want from that. And when I wrote my book, it was very much this outpouring of 30 plus years of being in corporate and being trained how to sell. It was almost mm-hmm. like rebellious, Mm-hmm. i wanted to think why was i ever really successful at sales that's kind yeah. of my was my starting point
0: the the whole empathy rebellion yeah. i know that's what i it's what i loved about your book and i burned through it in like two days i loved your uh you had some examples earlier on where you were working sales calls and you you uh you shared how the calls where you you just didn't talk or weren't pushing the sale and just actually engaged the person and made a friend
1: yeah
0: uh not only were they the most rewarding for everybody involved, um, but that's where you you build your loyalty. And those are the yeah. ones that, that work. And that I think that's one of the reasons why I love the, uh, you know, not just having a clear vision or a clear story, a clear idea, but then turn around and being empathetic about it, mm. not making it just about you. And that's why your book is so great. It, it's helping you uh, rearrange your focus on not just what you do, but, how you 're helping and, and the people that, that you 're doing it with, and actually thinking about them and being empathetic about them mm. and, um, and and I think that story and this is why DreamWorks is you know this, this blockbuster and, and Netflix and so on is the the human thing, the human person, we have a craving for storytelling nice. uh, for sharing stories. Um, yeah. I think it was, I, don't quote me on this, but Netflix accounts for like, what is it? 40% of evening time internet data. The constant hunger, either to get away from a situation or to enter into somebody else's experience or something. It's the, all of the, the research and so on about how our neurons fire and how you know we respond and, and so on. But it's, storytelling is a, an, a chance to participate in somebody else's life, someone else's experience. It's kind of like an out-of-body experience where you can learn and experience things that you can never go and do. And, um, and for some reason, whoever could answer why, it's catnip for, for humans. Uh, and that's why I think anybody can be or is a good storyteller.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with that. My,
0: yeah, they, they might you know, say, oh no, I, I can't, I couldn't hold a tune. But it's like, no, anybody can say, you know what happened in the market last week? I was just bumping into this guy and he had his bag of cronuts and you wouldn't believe what happened, right? Boom, uh, well, what, you know? Something as simple as that, you find a way to, to help your audience start sharing those stories with you. And yeah. all of a sudden you're now creating a community of people around your, your service so that when your visitors come to visit your site, they're your ambassadors. It's like free advertising. They're marketing with you. You're yeah. getting to see these individual uh, people. And if, if you're talking about hyper-local businesses, like a, a roofer or something, you're probably going to bump into that person or see them. You know? mm-hmm. And now they're maybe a mini celebrity, right?
1: Yeah, now they're real. <laughs> yeah. It's a real person. Um, but you know, when you're talking about Netflix, it's really interesting because I've got a 14-year-old son And my regular listeners will know about Sam and Sam uh, will sit in the evenings and he'll watch YouTube. You know, that's quite huge for him. Mm -hmm. He learns so much from YouTube. And again, although it's not the Netflix type of stories that you've just mentioned, it's still Mm -hmm. entering into this world of other people. It's still looking at what do they know that I don't know, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and, and stories for me, there's so many different ways to do storytelling you know it's not just that kind of hero's journey stuff which mm-hmm. is great it's right. there's a whole host of different ways that stories hit us and they hit us on that emotional level which is why we connect so well to them i mean i love i love this conversation because i think it's actually really really important for businesses now to start thinking about actually how are you storytelling and how are you relating that with your tribe you know this mm-hmm. is what i love about it how is that then going to take you forward to that next level of growth in your business or wherever you want to go and what you want to do, you know, it's great, isn't it?
0: Absolutely. So, so I've got a question for you. Like uh, we we were chatting earlier. So my question is, is sales a set of rules that anybody, any business can, can just deploy or, does it come in some, or is there some organic way that it, it is influenced by your distinct brand position, your, your value, where you come from?
1: I, I think it's a, a really interesting question. It's, it's a question I need to do, think about because there's a couple of things that are coming straight away for me mm-hmm. because sales, as you know, because you've read my book is about your why. That's kind of where it has to start. And that wires around your values, mm-hmm. what you really believe in, what you're passionate about and what you love doing. That's kind of the basis I believe of a business. That's just the way I see it. Some people may think that's romantic, but I believe that's true for a successful business. That then has to connect with the values and the beliefs and solving the problem for your ideal client. So those two things have to connect. And for me, it doesn't matter what your brand is and what you sell and what your market is and how far you're selling, whether it's global, local, whatever it is, I still truly believe, and I've taken a long time to strip this all back, that it has to start there. It's very simply that connection between you understanding why you do what you do, the beliefs and purposes, not just because you want to make money and retire and buy a yacht. This is that belief and purpose of why you want to go out and do what you want to do connecting that with the solution you provide that's sales and that's often the bit of sales people miss because they Mm -hmm. go straight in for here's what i'm selling want to buy it Mm -hmm. and they've missed all of that stuff which connects you and Mm -hmm. and for me that's where storytelling sits so beautifully because that's one of the beginnings of that connection. And as you quite rightly say, storytelling goes right through live it, love it, sell it through every section. Did you Mm -hmm. notice that it's not just one part of it. It starts at the beginning, your personal story. It's in the middle, your why the connection and it's ongoing when you're selling to talk Mm -hmm. about then your tribe storytelling on your behalf. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that really answered your question, but my whole thing around sales is it for me, it doesn't change, and it doesn't have to change. It's mm-hmm. always about this important foundational stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. There's, <laughs> there's one. Uh, uh, yeah, I love it. There's, there's one company that just come to mind about how um, I don't remember his name, but he's one of those guys who is about like being radically honest and radically helpful and, and whatever. And he's he's an amazing at whatever he does. But if people aren't are looking for something a little more. Uh, he'll he'll refer them directly to his competitors. He'll tell them, go, just go work with them. You'll be happier there or something. And yeah. you know, I remember reading that thinking that how, who does that? You know, who actively refers people to their competition because they know that they're going to get a better experience or whatever. Uh, I've tried that a couple of times when you like, you, you ask your internet company, like, oh, you don't serve my area. Well, is there anybody you recommend? It's like, oh, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. Corporate won't let me say anything. If you're you're making a name for yourself as, as your brand being a radically empathetic and and helpful and honest and genuine person, then when, when you get on that call, it's yes, you need to make business. Yes. You need to make a sale, but ultimately it comes down to what does, what does the client need? And then are you the best person to help them?
1: Yeah. Yeah. What does your customer need? And actually the other things that come from that are really wonderful because they will remember you. So you're memorable. They will talk about you now you're doing your tribe storytelling Mm -hmm. boom there it is Um, and even though they might may not need you or you can't serve them that next person they know does need you and you can serve them and all of a sudden you've now created another connection that you would never have um, created if you hadn't have done that genuine empathetic giving Stuff you know that that we can all give and and we can all do. I naturally want to work that way. That's mm-hmm. that's my integrity. That's how I want to go out into the world. So,
0: and and that's what I love about this whole this whole aspect of this discussion, uh, which actually ties back to what we we're just talking about—the whole hundred years of big brands broadcasting at us. They had the, the 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 mega bucks to spamvertise everywhere across all channels and whatever, right? And You know, in the last 10, 15 years, um, we have been now given or we've created for ourselves because we're sick of just the status quo. We've created for ourselves platforms that have allowed people from anywhere at any time to network with each other, connect with each other, talk to each other and so on. So now brands can't just pay to make bad press go away. You know, if people aren't liking what their brands are saying, like my wife was telling me this this one girl, what is her name, organic bunny or something? She went into Chipotle, couldn't get the ingredients, and ended up tweeting or creating some kind of a little, you know, media firestorm about lack of transparency in Chipotle overhauled its menu. Like the big brands couldn't they can't hide anymore, they can't get away from it. Now reviews are public for better, you know, or for worse. Mm. So you can't hide anymore. And you can't pay to make stuff go away. And I think for small businesses, that's a strength because small businesses can, can move fast, can be flexible. You can meet with like 10 people and then reposition your brand. You can identify quickly where your supply chain issues are or where your experience gaps are, you know, whatever. Small businesses have an edge on them of not just speed, but, um, personal experience. Big brands are trying right now to personalize. It's not personal though the way a small business can be.
1: Yeah. It's almost like they've come at it because they've got to So, Oh gosh, we've got to do something different now. And you are seeing them, aren't you, in their advertising and their language. You you Mm -hmm. are seeing this switch. Really interesting thing I read the other day actually is that it's, it's not necessarily off topic because I think it's connected to this talking about companies now should be starting their own podcasts. Mm -hmm. And I thought, Wow, now this is interesting because they really are then thinking about this personal brand side of their brand. Yeah. You know, yeah. because if they're having something like a regular podcast go out, they've got this huge opportunity to start yeah. showing who they really are, you know, as opposed yeah. to, like you say, telling us what right. the brand does and, and that we should buy it, you know. Yeah. So I thought that's really interesting, isn't it?
0: It is. It's, uh, Facebook just came out with a new podcast called, what is it, like Two and a Half. I don't remember what it's called anymore. But as soon as I saw that, I thought, first of all, it is absolutely cool that Facebook is creating a podcast because it's now just not Facebook creating content. It's now whatever his name is, Mark something. Yeah, Yeah, Mark. Now I can start (laughs) connecting with, you know, I can start following and getting to know Mark. Uh, My favorite podcast is um, uh, Everyone Hates Marketers by Louis Grenier. And I don't know much about Hotjar apart from using their tool. I don't know the people there. I, I've been told that the, the founder is an amazing person, but I know Mark. I'm sorry, um, uh, Louis from Louis. the podcast. He's a person that I can, I can connect with and listen to. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, I can't remember who, who it was who was writing this, but they were saying that when you hire people, you're hiring half the time. Anyway, you're hiring professionals unless you're training. them. You're hiring these amazing people. Kind of like what Steve Jobs says, you know, we hire these incredible people and then we tell them what to do as opposed to them telling us what to do.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: So you've got this this legion of incredible thinkers and whatever, and then they are gated. They are not, you know, being given access to Mm. communicate to the people. And and the reason why you're hiring them is because they're bringing points of view or or they want to explore points of view. So instead of creating these sort of uh, corporate help banks, which are your blogs, what if each one of, the, what if these people are being, are now given a chance to blog and speak and communicate and connect, wow. you know, you're humanizing your brand, which is, yeah. for me, that's a huge thing today with, this is the era of social, right? Yes. And coming across as human, as engaged, connected, concerned, interested, and interesting, right? Yeah. You can lean into that. That's what, create, well, that's what creates tribes. But that's what creates interest. And, and that's why people follow Instagram accounts or why they're loyal to Facebook groups or, or fan pages because I get you yeah. and maybe you get me and yeah. we're all getting this thing that that's interesting to us. So where do I sign up?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I come, I'm a lot older than you. So I come from that time when we didn't have computers. You know, I say this a lot on my podcast. I'm sure I feel like I repeat this a lot, but it's interesting because we, we couldn't, actually research anything Mm -hmm. we couldn't get that knowledge that we now can get with the internet but Mm -hmm. now what's happened is it's all going even further down the line whereby what we're talking about today in that this kind of like we we're connecting now as humans so much better because we've got the internet which is mm-hmm. weird because I've always thought, well, actually in my day, because we didn't have text and we didn't have phones, we had to speak to each other and, you know, we could call each other and we would meet more and we would have more conversations. Mm-hmm. But actually yeah, I feel like it's coming round in a big circle. I don't know what you think you're younger than me, but I feel like we're now starting to yeah. have conversations again. And this is really cool, you know, and actually we know more and we've got more opinion and opportunity.
0: Oh, for sure. I th- that's, I think that's one of the incredible advantages to social networking as it's growing. So as a sort of to throw in there, uh, I'm about 31, not about, I am 31, but in growing up in New Zealand and Australia, um, my parents were, uh, I mean, my dad loved new tech and so on, but new tech back then was the, uh, those first Apple Macs. Um, yeah. you know, yeah. with, so, uh, our lives in that sense were very kind of, you know, well, it was 80s, it was 90s, so very pre-internet and, and all of that, so I, I understand that. Mm. Um, much more of that whole community focus and the phone and, and you want to do something, it's like it, it's hard. You have to go to, well, you go to the library, of course, but you might be dealing with outdated information and yeah. it's hard to find people who directly, you know, uh, are, are, are looking for you so i mean that's why we created social media that's why social net was created was because we now have a world of people just disparate separated everywhere and we want to find people who think like us
1: i think there's so much we've talked about but it's like that and there's and i keep listening i'm listening intently and thinking i need to pick up on that i want to tell him about this and i want to tell him about that because we've really talked about some fascinating stuff that i'm really interested in i think that it would be really great just to kind of think about and um, this framework you talked about, you know, going back to your business and, and what you, how you're carrying this forward in your business. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us more about that framework or is that a little bit kind of work in, in motion? Or
0: So, like I said, I'm like maybe a couple of months shy of finishing the book. And if anybody's interested, I'm blogging everything on LinkedIn to get just to get my thoughts out there. And then when the book is done, the idea is to try to give it all away because I just want to help people. But the so the, the methodology for the, the framework is actually something I learned when I was, uh, I was working for a private school out of Virginia. It was a homeschooling program. And they had a, a, a monthly magazine that went out to all of the families. But right in the center was always the featured family section and that was an interview with the curated list of families that you know reflected the brand and so on because there's all kinds of people and you can't tell every story but they picked the ones that from a variety of kinds of families and backgrounds and experiences and so on uh, and told their story where they came from what they valued what they were trying to accomplish and then how this this program had helped them get there and then what they liked about it most and now here's the future that's now possible to them or whatever or here's the amazing things that came from it so it's not only incredible social proof you know brand validation but it was the most incredible human touch point with the entire community and everybody started getting to know these uh, i guess what will become celebrity you know uh, sort of families um and the so anyway people loved that and then i was fortunate to be able to head up a student magazine and sort of refresh it, resurface it, turn it into a quarterly magazine and get a website going and then being in touch with the students and running competitions and, and quizzes and stuff like that. And, and I loved that. I loved working with them. And one of the things that then became very popular was student profiles and then alumni profiles, right? And asking them to come back and share their stories. How was the program successful for you? But more importantly, who are you what are you up to what are you interested in where are you going and is how is the program helping you because you're obviously sticking with it mm-hmm. so again validation social proof and so on and it was as simple as a contact form on a page asking for a photo and then just sharing that and the kids were like they refreshed the website every day and we didn't have content every day to see if there was a new person that they could meet and they started forming friendships and then when they would have the graduation they would all come to this graduation at the, the high school stadium whatever they would be knowing each other. They would be connected with each other. There's this now community that's happening before they're even graduating. And they're actually getting to know these people, you know, more than just a profile description, actual stories and comments and, and so on. So that's my inspiration for where I'm going with all of this is how can a business do this, given that you're yeah. busy, obviously. Yeah. Um, and we are our attitude uh, when it comes to marketing is we think marketing is advertising and I have ad spent, so I'm just going to put it towards micro targeting or, or whatever on Facebook and, and Yelp and Google and whatever. But marketing is not just advertising. Advertising supports your marketing, but marketing is every single thing that you do, every phone call that you take, Every job that you go out on, every person that you meet and smile it 's not just your business cards but it 's your communication it 's the emails that you send, all of that because marketing is the communication of your value, your product, which means every experience a person has of you is either confirming or, or you know your your value or causing them to reject it so basically, we need to stop going after trying to find a million people and filling your funnel with a million new leads and so on. But if you're focusing on the whole 1,000 true fans approach, right, of the 1,000 people who are absolutely gaga about you and are willing to, do, to, to follow you and buy from you over and over and over again. So if you're a small business, that is ultimately all you really need. Yeah. You don't need the churn. You, small businesses can't handle things like breakage and churn and bad reviews, it needs to be amazing and loyalty building and, and not a commodity. But the, the, the businesses that create that, that human connection, that human experience, that's ultimately what, what it's all about is the human connection. Mm-hmm. So the framework then to make this all happen, this is how it's building in my mind and uh, I'm working with my team to see if we can start implementing this now. Um, I'm, the way I see it is, is simple. You're looking for 12 stories. If you have, a, if you're a small business just starting out, or you've had five years under your belt, what I'm thinking is all you need is 12 stories. It worked for for uh, you know Christ. He found 12 influencers from a variety yeah. of on the spectrum, and he worked with them to help them get the message out to you know 72 other disciples. I think Confucius did exactly the same thing. Like what was it 40 years before Christ? He was doing the same thing. He had like core group of I think it was like 12 or 14 you know followers, and they helped him communicate out to that additional. So if you think of it like rings of influence, right? You can't expect to be directly engaging with and influencing and making deep friendships with everybody. But if you bring in 12 people to be your your ambassadors, 12 people who are absolutely in love with what you do, you take those and you put them on your website. Now you may end up getting like, you know, 15, 20 stories, whatever, but you want to cycle them out till you get the 12 that best reflect your brand, best communicate who you are, and most likely, they're probably going to be people who are just like you because with most small businesses, your brand is you. It's your heart, your passion, how you see the world, how you like to get stuff done. So you want to find the stories that reflect that because those stories are now going to help you go find other people who think Mm -hmm. just like that. So that 12 helps you find your 72. They might be like 80% engaged, but that 80% is like, you know, they're coming on the warm referrals of your 12. Mm you can you win over that 72 you're now able to reach that thousand
1: yeah yeah i love it and it makes sense doesn't it It makes complete sense and then surely then you're actually doing business with the right people you haven't got to try and do something different you haven't got to try and pretend you're doing or you can be somebody that you're not just to satisfy them oh yeah exactly fabulous i'm, I'm sort of breathing going oh
0: Right. No, but it's, and it's just, it's so, for me, it's just fun and fascinating. Cause f- for me, everybody loves Netflix, right? We love YouTube. We love following our, our Instagram influencers and so yeah. on. So what if your brand and I'll credit Andrew Davis with this idea who wrote the book brandscaping, but um, he has this uh, oh, paraphrasing. What if you created a Netflix for your brand? What if your blog was not just um, content and freebies and tips and, and whatever. Um, but what if, and I think Gary Vaynerchuk has been you know, pushing this for a while. He says, you're not just a roofing company, you are a media company that does roofing, right? Yeah. And that, that shift, you know, because social is built around stories, it's not around selling. It's mm-hmm. called social media because it's where you go to be social, yeah. for social hour, happy hour, time around the water cooler not running into everything, trying to find business. I know that's what we need and I deeply get that. We've got mortgage and medical bills, but nobody else cares about that. But they, are, they will care or they are interested if you can give them a story that maybe they can then share that makes them look interesting or gives them a chance to be excited about something you're interested in, right? Yeah.
1: I, think, um, I think somewhere in here as well for me is the whole value subject. Um, but that's probably another podcast for us to talk about because um, I believe that the connection and the tribe will be such because they see the value that you give. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm very hot on value um, because value is also about what are our values, what's the value we believe we bring and does your ultimate ideal client Mm-hmm. see that same value you know right, and, right. and that's what we that's why people buy is because we see value in something isn't it or why we follow yeah. or why we have a fan you know why we're fans of because we see value in it
0: we're now getting to a point where it's like you know the honeymoon is over you know we've had our fling with how awesome all of this is and what is possible all right now we want to get back to what is actually human what is actually real there are so many people out there who sell authenticity, who pretend to be genuine yeah. and all it takes is one comment, you know, after a few drinks at a party and their brand disappears or, you know, you do it, doing it wrong on social media because they're putting on an act.
1: Yeah. yeah. Their whole
0: account goes up in flames. Right. Yeah,
1: very much. And, and uh, I think, you know, there's been these people now who say, Oh, I can't stand the word authenticity. It's just overused. And oh, I can't stand the word value. It's overused. Well, you'll know, you you'll only be able to stand those words if you see what they truly mean.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm
1: not gonna stop using them because they trigger you because I truly mean them when I use them. You know, And, and that's the thing, let's not lose some of these words because now they've been overused and they trigger people. Mm-hmm. No, I wrote a blog about this actually because I got frustrated because I said, I actually want to use the word authentic because for me mm-hmm. it means something.
0: We now have a, uh, like Gary Vaynerchuk says, our, our BS filter is like way up here.
1: Yeah. yeah, And we
0: can do something about it. So when you do get a brand that doesn't shy away from, from act- not just saying they're authentic, not just saying, you know, we're the roofing company you can trust. but <laughs> Actually, it doesn't say that, but demonstrates that yeah. you know, and lives that. Yeah. You're never going to go away because we don't want commodities. And that's the other thing is people don't like change. We don't want change. I was just talking with Peter Beckenham the other day. He's a um, fantastic coach who lives out in Thailand. He's an amazing guy, Australian. And he was he reminded me just to calm down. Yes, you might be the sort of rebel who likes to find new things and discover stuff, but everybody else doesn't like change
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, or they they adopt slowly. Yeah. So that being the case, you find a roofing guy or you, or home services or a small business guy that you like and who demonstrates trust and is shown to be building a community of people who support and love him, well, you're, you're probably going to lock in forever. Yeah. There's no reason now to want to go to, to somewhere else. The only reason yeah. why we shop around is because we don't trust what we're seeing.
1: Yeah, exactly that. Oh my goodness, Dominique, I could talk to you all day. What are Absolutely. you like? <laughs> it's been so cool. Um, so I'm going to make sure everybody's got your links because I always put those in the description. So you'll, if you can send me those, that will be great, but tell people where you'd like to connect with them. What's sure. place?
0: Let, we can just connect on LinkedIn. So if you, mm-hmm. if you search for uh, Dominic DeSouza, actually, if you search for uh, tribe storytelling, I haven't done this, but I'm assuming I'm the only person with that, that phrase, Yeah. Uh, I'll show up. Uh, I do have a website, DominicDeSouza.com. It's just a simple little placeholder about me. Uh, but, LinkedIn is where I like to spend a lot of my time getting to know people, having like 15 minute meet and greets to talk to them and, and, and humanize the, the networking, you know, process.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I would absolutely recommend that you do contact Dominic because he's an amazingly interesting guy. Actually. I've really loved this Very conversation. It's been wonderful. So look, if you've been listening to our conversation, um, I think it's been really fascinating. We certainly covered a lot of aspects You'll be able to hear it very soon on all of my channels, that's SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes. Um, Please subscribe and like, because we're having amazing conversations here on The Human Conversation. And I'm also now putting it on YouTube, because I have my YouTube channel that I am growing this year. So you better see us having this conversation, which is even better, even better human connection there. Thank you, Dominic, for joining me. It's been wonderful chatting to you too. Thanks very much for listening. Ta-da for now.
0: You've just been listening to the Human Conversation podcast with Jules White. To find out more about the other work that Jules does, please visit her website, www.liveitloveitssellit.co.uk.
1: And if you enjoyed the podcast, then please do leave a rating and review on the platform you use to enjoy her show.